0: Episode number 54 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we run down all the big bets, all the big news of everything that's going on in the sports betting, DFS, and even a little bit of poker industry here. Brett, we are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And we would love people to subscribe and rate and review and, and give us all of the five stars, right? Yeah.
1: We need those reviews. It helps you climb the
0: rankings, you know? It helps you climb the rankings, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, You can find us on the Twitter machine, at the lines US, at US, if you're looking for actual picks articles. So be sure and follow those accounts as well. Really, really good stuff going on over there. As we get into things today, we'll talk a little bit about horse racing, talk a little bit about golf. We have a great guest in Virginia, Zachas, who is the head of operations at Inside Injuries. Of course, we're getting closer and closer to football season, they still have NBA stuff going on. But of course, you are going to want to edge in football, and inside injuries can help you get that. So we talked a l- little bit with her about that. We'll talk about another football betting contest where all the details have emerged now, and an article you can read over at the lines as well, and some interesting news about our boy Vegas Day. But let's kick things off here about uh, about horse racing. You know, we talked about the Kentucky Derby and all the controversy that went down there well at the Preakness War of Wills is the horse that crossed the finish line first and the interesting part about that Brett is War of Wills is the horse that actually got cut off in the Kentucky Derby which makes you wonder had the had War of Wills not gotten cut off would we be talking about a horse here who had just won two-thirds of the Triple
1: Crown yeah, not only that, it, like War of Will, a great redemption story, but totally overshadowed by the hilarious performance by Bodie Express on Saturday who ran the horse without a jockey. I didn't even watch what was going on in the front. My I, my entire focus was on the horse that was just trying to yep. keep up without a jockey. I,
0: have, I was screaming at the television one time, just have this happen one time. <laughs> I want this horse without a jockey to win this so badly. I, I mean – you know, neither neither you and I have a firstborn son yet, but whoever gets it done first gets to claim Bodie Express as the name for their firstborn son. I think I'm a- going to name him Bodie Express because that was <laughs> that was the performance of a lifetime.
1: It was probably my favorite moment ever watching horse racing. I, Like I said, I wasn't even paying attention to the actual race or my betting tickets, which did not win. But uh, it was all worth it to witness Bodie Express go for it, man. That was so much fun to watch.
0: Yeah, a couple long shots coming in there. So a triple, uh, a trifecta actually came in just shy of $5,000. So it was a, a nice little payday if you were able to hit that. But again, Bodie Express really and truly stole the show. Certainly something that we were at at my household were sitting there screaming at the television (laughs) and that's all I was really worried about. And when he was passing other horses that actually had jockeys and whatnot, I mean, that was just it really was one of the great sports moments of twenty nineteen.
1: They were a little nervous there down the stretch that he would disrupt what was happening at the front of the race. He was actually making up ground there at the end. I mean, he was running on the outside most of the race, so he wasn't in the mix. But towards the end there, they were they actually had someone run out and kind of, you know, move him off the pace of the other horses so that he wouldn't Can you imagine if they had another huge controversy like that? Two majors two major races in a row?
0: I know. It would have been it certainly would have been something else. I mean, I guess my question to you is as we head into the third leg here and we ha- we head into the Belmont, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you and I are engulfed in this. And so we knew the Preakness was coming up. We were watching. We were following. We knew the storylines. My friends that were really into the Kentucky Derby, nobody was talking about the Preakness. I don't know what kind of buzz? I don't know what we're going to get from the Belmont. I'm pretty interested. Um, we're going to try and reach out to some people to see how much, you know, how how, how much the, the sports books saw, because, you know, I was in a sports book for the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely slam packed. I mean, lines out the door. Crazy, crazy. Couldn't find a seat anywhere. I, I'm pretty interested to see what the atmosphere was like for the Preakness in some of these sports books, because I have to imagine If I'm going by just anecdotally what we what I saw, you know, even amongst my group of friends on Twitter and even articles that were written kind of leading into this, I imagine it was pretty dead.
1: Well, interestingly, it was another record in handle across the 14 races on Saturday, nearly one hundred million dollars bet at uh, on, on the Preakness. So. I mean, while while handle on horse racing is down overall from where it was like 10, 15 years ago when you know $15 billion was bet on the ponies, it's down to like 10, 11 over the last few years. But there's obvious interest in these big races that are, are televised on major networks. I, I was surprised to see these numbers at the Preakness, considering the lack of storylines going in, like you said. But I think we're going to see big numbers at the Belmont next month, too. I really think it's just a general increase. And gambling interest across the country is becoming more available, uh, more legal. And and,
0: and, and some of these sports books are located in horse racing tracks. Right. And so what we're seeing here with that, too, as well, I, I mean, there was a basketball game before this, you know, and so basically what you you could have watched, you know, a playoff game and then this lead right into the, the Preakness. So that's actually, you know, that's actually a pretty good point that as long as there's other sports kind of propping it up, this actually could be really, really good for horse racing because there's a reason for someone to go into a sports book that's located in a horse track. And then while you're there, you might as well fire on, on one of the Triple Crown races, right?
1: Yeah, there's just a more exposure for sports betting in the mainstream media. And even though nothing's really happened or, or nothing's really changed in horse betting, I mean, it's been legal for decades all across the country. People are finding their way in uh, through different avenues.
0: So, Brooks Kepka, if you guys have been following golf over the last couple of years, has just absolutely owned the Masters as we headed into. Uh, the PGA championship this week. I mean, first wire to wire win since 1983. Brooks Kepka has won four of the last eight majors since 2016. He has led or co led 13 rounds at majors, Brett. I mean, he did make it a little interesting there on Sunday, but he held on wire to wire. And what Brooks Kepka is doing. Right now in these major tournaments, I think is something that I mean, again, you and I are in the in this. We're engulfed. We are in the middle of all this. But I feel like this should be a much, much bigger story because this guy is going out and these major tournaments try and set these golf courses up to play tough. They try to set these golf courses up to make it where the best golfers in the world really, really have a chance to struggle. And he's just going out major after major after major and destroying these courses.
1: You and I talk a lot about the future of golf and, and all of the young talent and, and competition in the game right now. So expectations are so high going into these majors, but Brooks is almost ruining it for us with these dominant performances. I planned on watching golf all weekend and only ended up watching the last few holes, which – Turned out to be dramatic for a few minutes, but overall, this this was kind of a letdown, right? It, only Dustin Johnson finished within six shots on the leaderboard. Tiger missed the cut. Rory nearly missed the cut, was never really in it, even though he finished T8 with a, a nice round on Sunday. Uh, we did finally get to see good Jordan Spieth again. Uh, but, I mean, Brooks almost made this unwatchable because he was that good, and now he is the betting favorite in each of the next three majors these sports books are paying attention.
0: And of course by the time this went off he was the betting favorite in this tournament as well. You and I talked about it on the podcast last week that it, it, you know it opened as Tiger but as the sharper bettors came in and started really putting the money down then it became Brooks Kepka and rightfully so I was fortunate enough to have Brooks Kepka in every head to head that was abs- that was available to me so uh ended up being fairly decent for me I didn't have a futures on him because the odds by the time this went off had gotten so low on Brooks and again rightfully so these people these sharp betters, when it comes to golf are certainly all over that and and he was the right pick here and went ahead and and won the damn thing but Uh, I was able to do that. I faded Tiger all over the place. So every head to head I could get on the other side of Tiger, I was able to get that as well. So at least at least I was able to kind of salvage that by not having a a Kepka futures ticket. But geez, man, we're heading into these other majors and seeing how long this guy is off the tee, how well he hits his irons when he gets putting. Well, what he can do with the flat stick, you can understand, like you said, why he is the betting favorite at the at every one of the next majors and honestly for the foreseeable future
1: my big takeaway from the last week just listening to brooks and interviews and a lot of attention was on him because he was dominating so a lot of people talked to him last week and he was very candid about the fact that he doesn't really care about non-majors like he shows up for these tournaments but he's always preparing for the next major because that's what he knows he'll be remembered by winning major championships the guys the guys won six tournaments on tour and four of them are majors it's just and
0: absolutely I think, nuts it is and i
1: think i think his buddy dustin has that mindset too like these guys want to win majors and don't really show up all the way in these other tournaments so i think it's probably a sharp play going forward is to just fade these two guys in the week-to-week events neither are are, are really playing their a game in you know the I, I, like I don't I don't think they I don't think either of them are playing this week but just moving forward these smaller events I you know the that don't have the prestige just pivoting off them and trying to find value elsewhere cuz they're I mean every shot they make is is really just uh preparation for the next big major.
0: We talked about what Brooks Kepka has done in these majors. Well, the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas has put up a prop for career major wins by May the 3rd 2040. Brett, that is yes. Twenty-one years from now, the over/under is seven and a half. The over is paying plus one thirty. The under is paying minus one fifty for seven and a half majors for Brooks Kepka. I mean, look, I'm I'm sitting here twenty-one years, and the guy's only got to get four more. I mean, I say only four more, but <laughs> geez, like I mean, barring injury. Like you mentioned, he is sub thirty years old. He I mean he is twenty nine, about to be thirty, but sub thirty years old, I don't know, man. This that's that's a tempting over, isn't it? At plus money.
1: It is. But do people actually bet these? Like who wants their money tied up for twenty years?
0: <laughs> well, but, I, I guess you could you could you, you could theori- theoretically win next year.
1: That is true. You could. I mean, like in, does, what does the sports book do, do with these? Do they account <laughs> for inflation? Like, how how does this work? I'm, I'm curious about how not know I mean,
0: work. what's the? I mean, obviously, Westgate does well, but I mean, who's to say Westgate even exists in 21 years? You know, I, know, I mean, right? like, yeah. like, like the the Westgate Superbook even exists in 21 years. I know it's it's crazy to even think about that. I think these things are, and as as well should. being put up so that you get a little publicity and guess what we're talking about it so there you go there you go It, it absolutely is working here in basketball golden state warriors just continue to do golden state warriors things brett i was able to have a really 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 good four game series with the warriors i bet them Every single opportunity available, every time they would get down, I would live bet, I would live wager. I got them down, I got them at plus 525 in game four, where uh, obviously they came back and won that one as well. If you're wondering how this fared for the Warriors, they trailed more minutes, which was 101, in the sweep of the Trailblazers than they actually led, which was 83. So there was a lot of trailing and coming back here but this Warriors team, even without Kevin Durant, you can understand why they were the betting favorite, even without Kevin Durant. You can understand why they're the betting favorite, even without Kevin Durant. Now, they might get him back. I think what we're hearing is kind of in in that game three-ish range. You might be able to get him back if if, uh, if all goes well. But this Warriors team, Brett, I think people slept on the fact that, oh, by the way, there's three other all-stars on this team, even when KD isn't on the court.
1: Yeah, we talked about this last week. They're not better without KD, but they're freaking good, man. You cannot sleep. Th- just looking at what they did before Durant showed up, uh, you know. I, 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 I'm not. Obviously, I'm not surprised they came back in both of those games. But uh, kudos to you for for playing for placing those in game because they, you know, they did not look great at times during that series.
0: No, and and really, I just kind of played the Blazers wearing down mentality right because I'd seen it happen in the first couple of games that you know come out hot and then and then just as the game wore on you know they played a pretty grueling series they played a pretty grueling playoffs and and really they're just not near as deep I mean of course Myers Leonard did the weirdest thing in the last you know games three and four and went off for whatever reason but um, you know, past that, I mean, it's just not a very deep team. Lillard has to play a bunch of minutes. McCollum had to play a bunch of minutes. So, so I, you know, I was kind of banking on the fact that this Warriors team, a little bit deeper, a little bit more, you can get contributions off the bench and that they would be able to rally from from these deficits and whatnot. And, and they were able to do that. Points bet, went ahead and paid out Warriors futures already. <laughs> so if you had a Warriors ticket, um, you know, I'm again guessing there wasn't a ton of liability because, no. I mean, the Warriors were... The overwhelming favorite to win the championship since last summer, you know, so I mean, this was not this this was nothing new. As, as soon as they won last year, it was a an overwhelming favorite for them to win again this year.
1: Yeah, their odds to win the title before the season started were about where they are right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a lot of people bet on the Warriors to to win. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is a PR play for points bet. It's, it's a good look for them and, uh, you know, makes the, it makes their customers happy.
0: Yeah, when the Bucks were up 2-0, the Westgate had put up a Warriors versus Bucks series price. And uh, that that that's gotten a little dicey now because here we sit as we record this. And that that series is two to two. Um, the Bucks two atrocious games in a row and allowed the Raptors to uh, take those two at home. And we actually have us a series now, Brad. And this is something that I think a lot of people were kind of writing off, I think. And, and even I got to be honest, even myself included, the way that the Bucks played the first two games.
1: That game, two.
0: Yeah. The way they played the first two games, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. that They were going to go in there and just stomp this Raptors team. And then they put up. I mean two just absolute stinkers. I mean really 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 bad games. I mean they are still minus 290 in this series here. I'll tell you what. If you're listening to this when this first comes out, getting Raptors at plus 225 here when when now that we've seen how bad the Bucks actually can play, I don't really hate nabbing the raptors at, at at over two to one in this series i mean it, it is not out of the realm of possibility for us to see this bucks team play very very poorly
1: did you look at the raptors price to win it all because they they would have home they would have home court over the warriors too so i mean if you like the rap if you like the raptors to win this series you why not fire the raptors to win it all
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is there is certainly I mean, we're we're in a situation here with with the NBA where I think everybody had just kind of gone ahead and, and and put Giannis in the championship there. Right. And and that's that's uh that's not the case here, man. Raptors plus 600 to win it all. If you wanted to go that route. I mean, yeah. I mean, if fire on the series, fire on the on them winning it all. I mean, getting getting pretty hot. I mean, plus 600. Uh, pretty interesting there. I'll put it this way: I did not think the Bucks could play as bad as they did in Game Three. I certainly did not think they would do it in back-to-back games. And now seeing that with my own very with my two eyeballs here, Brett, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm warming up to the Raptors at plus money. I'll put it that way. And
1: yeah, now you got the Warriors sitting back and getting healthy,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, and they
1: yeah, and they're just going to sit bounce. back.
0: Yeah, they want this thing to go seven. Obviously, that's longer for. I mean, there's. There's talk that they're going to get KD and Boogie back. Yeah. How, how absurd is that? That's just completely absurd. I don't even want to think about that. That is just so dumb. Five all-stars starting for that team. <laughs> after, they just, after they just went in and swept the Blazers. Just... Craziness. Now, this is your realm here, so I'll just I'll just lay the I'll just lay the groundwork and let you talk about it. But the NHL finals uh, are also set. Stanley Cup. Bruins versus the Blues. The Bruins about minus one fifty favorites to take home the Stanley Cup here for the series. Brett, I know that we talked about you know about a month ago on this podcast the bonkers, wacky stuff that goes on in the NHL playoffs and. Apparently, as we sit here with a Blues Bruins matchup, uh, this was this was pretty wacky as well.
1: Yeah, and game one of the Stanley Cup Finals isn't until Monday. That's an eleven day layoff for the Bruins after they swept Carolina, and and now they're minus sixty minus one sixty five in game one. Minus yeah, like I said, minus one fifty for the series. So I mean, it's it's rest versus momentum for Boston, and momentum especially for goalies is huge in hockey i just i think this layoff gives a small edge to st louis as as the dog in game one and also in the series i mean it's just the nature of hockey uh for me to to bet the underdog in these spots and i I think this is a a good one to get a, a team at plus money
0: yeah i mean if you're looking here um blues are plus 130 to win the series but they're plus 140 to win game one um, If you like the Blues You uh, might as well That's correlated Yeah Yeah yeah. I mean you know So go ahead and, and do that Do you ever Do you ever take a look And this is maybe For people who Are gonna Just look to bet hockey Here for the Stanley Cup finals And maybe don't bet hockey All year long I, you know, in baseball, I very rarely bet the run line. I really only do that if there was like if there's some sort of like key injury or something that happens kind of like right before and there's a, you know, a scratch or something and, you know, they they end up firing a triple A pitcher or something like that at the last minute or something. Sometimes I'll, I'll bet the run line. Then is there ever is there ever an opportunity that you look for to bet the puck line in hockey or is this strictly betting money lines and totals?
1: Yeah, there was an opportunity last night. I think in elimination games, where teams, where teams, if a team is behind three to two or, or three to one in the series, and they're behind late in the third period, they're going to be pushing all their guys up. They're going to be going for it all. So I think, you know, that that's that's an opportunity for you know to bet minus one and a half on on the puck line Oh, and, be,
0: and maybe they pull their goalie
1: a little bit yeah, sooner, the, yeah, like they, a little yeah, bit exactly, like yeah. a little
0: bit sooner as well because yeah. they they've got because there's no choice but that for them to try to equalize and stuff
1: exactly yeah that's that's really a, it for me the only time i'd be willing to, to mm-hmm. bet the puck line is, is is in the those elimination games
0: gotcha well that's a good little that's a good little nugget there and certainly something i'll be looking for as we continue here with the with the Stanley Cup, you're not going to get hockey, Matt. Like this is not hockey. Mat. The <laughs> Golden Knights are out. I'm not you're not going to get hockey, Matt, but I will at least have the, the NHL finals on one of my ancillary television. It won't it won't make the main television, but it'll, it'll make an ancillary television. So I won't be talking completely blind here as we continue through this on on the podcast here. Guys, as we mentioned at the top, we were able to secure some time with Virginia Zakis. She's the head of operations over at Inside Injuries and really good conversation about what they do over there and how it can help you be a better sports better as well as DFS player. Let's talk a little bit with Virginia. Now joining us on the podcast, Virginia Zakis, head of operations at Inside Injuries. You can find them on the web at InsideInjuries.com. You can find them on the Twitter machine at Inside Injuries. Virginia, thanks so much for taking the time today.
2: Yeah, guys, thanks for having me.
0: So for those who don't know, could you give us just what exactly is Inside Injuries and what services you guys provide?
2: Yeah, so at Inside Injuries, our goal is to analyze injuries to professional athletes um, across the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Um, And what we try to do is collect as many data points as possible on every single player, healthy or not. um, We're pulling in hundreds of thousands of data points every day to try to calculate every single player's risk of getting injured. And then also what we call the health performance factor, which is um, our prediction on how well a player is going to perform. So if a player's currently healthy, doesn't really have any past injuries, they're going to be pretty close to 100 percent, according to our algorithm. But, you know, there's a lot of guys um, playing through injuries or that could be coming back soon, that are in the, especially like for the Warriors right now. So we try to say, hey, if they come back on this day, we think they're going to be at, you know, 55% of their normal performance. But if they wait another week, we think they'll get up to 75%. So we basically just try to use all all the information we possibly can to say, based on this guy's injuries, their current problems, um, this is how we think they're going to play. This is how much time we think they should miss. Um, That's often not the same as how much time they, actually will miss so we just try to take the injury analysis one step further um and do a lot more than just say hey this guy's hurt and this is his injury
1: i'm excited to bring you on the show this week because the big topic in gambling right now is injury transparency in sports this seems to continue coming up in the nba even though the league installed new rules regarding injury reports this year the latest instance of course damian lillard's rib injury not being disclosed by the Blazers during the Western Conference Finals this week. Uh, Betters are angry that these injuries aren't being made public. And on the other side, athletes and teams don't feel like they owe gamblers anything. So there doesn't seem to be a solution that makes everyone happy here. But I want to get your thoughts first on the broad issue. Do you feel leagues have a responsibility to provide detailed injury reports before games? And how, how detailed do they need to be?
2: Yeah, I I do think that the leagues need to be um, very careful about how they report injuries. Um, I definitely understand the player's perspective. You know, it's their body, it's their injury. Um, They don't necessarily want all the information getting out there. But at the same time, the leagues do need to be fair to fans and to gamblers. Um, You know, the NBA is essentially supporting gambling. So they do need to make sure that all the teams are, you know, follow the exact same rules. Um, you know, one team isn't reporting all their injuries as they should. And another team like in Lillard's case is kind of hiding something. Um, the problem is there's always sort of a gray area because everyone is banged up, especially at this point in the season, everyone's dealing with something, whether it's just a little soreness or, you know, maybe a shoulder sprain they've been playing through. It's always something. So definitely a gray area. Um, But I do think that the NBA is a little behind um, other leagues like uh, the NFL and baseball who have, um, I'll say, I guess, stricter reporting guidelines. Um, It's definitely tough sort of with the way that the practice and game schedules is laid out for the NBA. I think it's a little trickier to figure out exactly what teams have to report and when. But I do think there's a better way to do it than what they're doing right now. And I also get the sense that the league isn't really holding teams accountable. Um, I feel like time and time again, we see a player list as doubtful and then they end up playing and there's no consequences. Um, and if nothing else, the team should at least be forced to give some sort of an explanation as to why, because that will help to hold them accountable.
1: Yeah, I feel like those are the examples that make betters most angry because it's it kind of it's thrown at them at the last minute. Um, as far as the players go, I mean, they have privacy rights under laws, right? So, I mean, what what can they, like how, how small an injury would they need to disclose if uh, these these the leagues are holding teams accountable?
2: I, I think one thing that the teams can do um, that can be consistent, it's easy for teams to be consistent in this, would be to report any time a player would sit for a scan of some sort whether an x-ray or an MRI, um, you know, to protect the player, I don't think they necessarily need to report the exact results. But if teams are forced to do that, players get sent for x-rays and MRIs all the time, and we probably don't even hear about half of them. Um, I think that at least you would know there might be something going on. Um, If a player's back the next day after getting an x-ray, you probably know they're pretty much okay. Um, If they're still not playing, yeah, you still don't know what specifically is going on, um, but I think you can get a lot more information from that. And you at least know that there might be certain players you need to keep a closer eye on that. With the way the reporting rules are now, we would have no idea that they're dealing with anything at all.
1: Yeah. My other question is, is is the, there's such thing as too much information for gamblers to work with? Like if we know everything is every little small injury, are, are people, are gamblers going to be using that more than they should?
2: Well, I think it's important to be careful. Um, you know, one of the things we try to do at inside injuries is obviously not all injuries are created the same. If a player is dealing with a sprained shoulder, there's a difference in, you know, that shoulder sprain being a slight rotator cuff tear and it being just, you know, maybe a mild AC sprain. Um, so what we try to do is we try to look at historically, all right, when players have this specific injury, how much time do they usually miss? Um, how does it affect their performance when they come back? And, you know, if a player comes back from this injury in one week, how is it different than if they come back in three weeks? So we try to take as much information as we can and sort of apply it to the specific player that's hurt. Um, and I think when you do that, you almost simplify all of the data that's out there because there is a lot. And I do think there's a lot of misinformation that's out there. Teams try to mislead each other. Um, And it can be a little overwhelming if you're not – if you don't understand, um, you know, the specific injuries and you have no medical background. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to do all of the, I guess, hard work for you and then say this is how we think a player should play. So it's a little simpler for someone who's a gambler um, to say, okay, this guy is hurt. Inside injuries is saying their HPF is at 40%. That means it's really going to affect him when he's playing. Um, you know, maybe, you know, someone like Steph Curry, he dislocated his finger a few weeks ago. It was not, you know, it, not that big of a deal because there's no fracture. A dislocation might sound bad and it looked bad, but in reality, it's not that serious that there's no fracture there. So I, I do think you have to be careful about how you use all of the information out there, but I do think there's a way to use it properly, um, without getting too overwhelmed.
0: So you kind of touched on it right there, talking about not all injuries, all injuries being created equal. And this is something Brett and I have played, have, have, Not only bet on sports, but played, you know, daily fantasy sports for a long time, and let's go to the NFL which is obviously the the big big league here when it comes to all of this uh, really the only the only injuries that were kind of like red flags for everybody were were always high ankle sprains and then hamstring injuries are there are there other red flag injuries out there that we should definitely be you know keeping an eye on that anytime you see that that's even kind of even mentioned as as a as a, a injury that a person could be suffering from that you certainly want to dig in a little bit further?
2: Yeah. Um, any Well, a lot of it does depend on the position a player plays. So I'll start with that. But um, other like lower body muscular strains, like a calf injury, um, calf and hamstring strains, like you said, um, also back injuries. Back injuries are highly recurrent. Um, even when a player just says they're dealing with maybe a little tightness, a lot of the time it is more than that. Um, you know, if they have one limited practice and then they're back to a full practice the next day, probably not much of a concern But if the back tightness or soreness or something is lasting more than a few days, that can definitely be a huge red flag.
0: So when gamblers kind of see these things right here, basically, if you're if you're again, we'll go back to football. It seems to get the majority of the action from the daily fantasy and sports betting crowds out there. Lower lower body injuries for, say, running backs and wide receivers and things like that are, are certainly what you guys are focusing on and certainly something that that. The the gambler himself should certainly be focusing on as well, right?
2: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay, got you. So, talking a little bit about the leagues, and you talked about the the NBA lacking here. If you had if you had your Druthers, how would you kind of set out a blanket uh, kind of a blanket set of rules for these leagues when it came to reporting injuries and how they should go about it?
2: Um, I, I think it's important to uh, provide a little more information on. Uh, players' practice participation. Um, I, it, that definitely doesn't paint a full picture, of course, but I think that's important. And then also, um, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but making teams more accountable if a player is doubtful doubtful, or even if they're questionable, um, forcing them to provide more information about if if they're doubtful and they do play, why did they play and what changed? Because um, it forces them to just not kind of put a status down without any consequences. Um, sort of same thing for a player being questionable, um, saying why they did or didn't play, and giving some sort of an explanation. Um, even something like you know the the two minute report that referees now have to do. Um, provides something similar to that, but for the injuries, just giving a little bit more information and background on the decisions a team makes. um I think will help.
0: Have you guys at you guys looks at so much data, have you guys found? leagues or teams or coaches that tend to try and game the system a little bit more than, than other leagues or teams or coaches?
2: Um, we, we've done a little bit of this, um, would like to get into it a little more. Um, you know, there's teams like the Patriots, for example, we know that you really can't take anything they say, um, and really listen to it. There's, I would have, I'm not brushed up on my NFL right now since we haven't quite gotten into the NFL season yet. But there were certainly some teams last year where I think when players were questionable, they played maybe less than 30 percent of the time. But then for other teams, it was as high as 70 percent of the time a player was listed as questionable. They play. So there's a huge range between different teams. Um, And it's definitely something that's worth keeping an eye on when you have certain players that are injured.
1: It seems like your business. Almost exist because of the lack of transparency and information out there. If there was uh, an agreement with all these leagues to, uh, you know, have mandatory detailed injury reports, where where do you guys take your business if that happens?
2: I honestly don't think it changes much for us. If anything, it just will make us more accurate. Um, right now, we we don't just take the official reports and use that information. Um, We also try to get, you know, the local beat reporters and see what they're saying, because a lot of the time they might have more detailed information on an injury. Um, You know, even sometimes when a player is um, being interviewed they might reveal just a slight bit more information on a specific injury they're dealing with than the official report does, because a lot of the time these official reports just give you a body part that's hurt and they don't give you anything else. Um, so I think if teams become, you know, have to re- to reveal more information and be more specific, that's only going to make us better because right now we are pulling more information than what a gambler might see by doing a quick injury search on a player. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's only going to improve our analysis and help gamblers to be even to make even better decisions.
1: And what does your team look like over there? How many experts do you have looking at all these injuries every week?
2: Yeah. So Dr. A is our um, he's our founder and um, he's the main one that helps us out. But we've got a few other people on our medical board as well um, that they help us. We're always tweaking our algorithm to make it more accurate, um, especially during the NFL season. Dr. A and I both watch a lot of video and um, try to see how a player gets injured because, well, that's definitely not the same thing as, you know, looking at an actual MRI or, or um, x-ray or something, a lot of the time you can get a pretty good feel for how serious a player's injury is just based on watching how they got hurt and what exactly happened. So Dr. is the main guy, but we have a few other people over here that are also helping us.
0: She is Virginia Zaka. She's the head of operations at Inside Injuries. Again, you can find them on the web, insideinjuries.com, on Twitter at Inside Injuries. The very best at what they do right now. And as we head getting closer and closer to football season, guys, you know you're going to be playing some DFS. You know you're going to be sports betting. So be sure and take advantage of all of these. Every little edge we can get is certainly something we are trying to get. Virginia, again, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Yeah, thank you all. You know, Brett, as I mentioned to Virginia, you know, you and I have been playing DFS a long time, been sports betting a long time. Really, the only injuries I totally paid attention to, and and specifically in football, that's where the majority of my action gets down, is with these running backs and wide receivers when it comes to kind of hamstring injuries or high ankle sprains and, and things like that. It was very interesting for her, though, to say, like, you know, really anything with the back whatsoever, anything with the calf, are also injuries that we should certainly be throwing red flags up. I mean, we I think the high ankle sprain is kind of like that one injury where everyone talks about it. The hamstring injury, you and I, as being DFS players, are certainly very familiar with because it just, it just recurs so often. You know, a wide receiver, if he's kind of struggling a little bit with a hamstring injury, we see those guys try to go and then they're out of the game, you know, before the first quarter is even over so many different times. I will certainly add these calf injuries and kind of back injuries to something that I'll handicap, you know, quote unquote, handicap as I'm putting together DFS and, and, and certainly sports betting thoughts.
1: Inside injuries is a must follow if you're not already and you play fantasy sports or do any kind of football gambling. They are they are fantastic at giving you they they provide a, a, a number, a percentage chance that a player is going to play and how much the injury is going to affect them their chance of finishing the game so i mean that it's it's super important to look at that kind of stuff my question for you is i mean obviously we're, we look at skill skill position position players and the injuries going into games how much do you look at like offensive linemen because i mean that's something i i really look at is the injuries to the offensive linemen and how they are affected and and because i mean you can't you can't get the most out of your running back if your offensive linemen aren't blocking. So I mean, how much do you look at that going into to games?
0: I actually look um and one of the things that people are like, "Man, what the hell are you talking about?" but I really and truly look at centers more than any of the other offensive linemen because the center is like the quarterback of the offensive line, right? I mean, he's the guy sitting there calling out the protections and doing the various things like that. And when 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 you have a a major center injury, I have seen, and there's been correlations to offensive lines struggling, and so I've really started to to really look into these veteran center guys, and it's, and it's why you always hear about the you know these centers being you know the rock and and the uh, of these offensive lines, and you know the best friends of these quarterbacks and whatnot, because. They're down there kind of like reading things and, and doing things as well with that quarterback and helping keep him clean and, and, and certainly calling out different things for the running backs as well. And so I have I've really started looking in at the center play a lot more than some of the other offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, totally makes sense. So
0: that's that's certainly something I think is as people head into the, the DFS season and the sports betting season, certainly something you can tuck away there. I've talked to a couple of different football players as well. And they they agree that a an injury to a center can be as devastating as like a, you know, a premier left tackle or something like that. You know, like it it can be even more devastating When it comes to things like that. But again, uh, inside injuries, add inside injuries on the Twitter machine. Be sure and do that. We talked a little bit last week about the new gambling football handicapping contest over at the D Golden Gate slash Circa whenever Circa opens next year. But uh, it is Circa Sports is the overall group. And the details have emerged over there, Brett. And you guys have an article at the lines.
1: Yeah, Mark Meltzer has been following this one very closely. He's pretty uh, tapped into everything that's going on at circus sports. And we now have a very good look at what the, the inaugural uh, contest is going to look like for the circus sports million. It's going to be a thousand dollar dollar buy-in. It's going to be $1.5 million guaranteed overall, $1 million to the winner, a top heavy uh, payout system as we talked about last week and um, no rake, which, uh, and and an app, which has been confirmed. So, I mean, it's, uh similar to what we've seen at the Westgate but um there are i guess yeah i guess you could say there are reasons to play this one as well.
0: Yeah, this one is cheaper. Um it, you know, if we're comparing the two, this one's cheaper. You can have up to 3 entries. You can make your wagers on a on an app and you know for people in Nevada specifically. Of course, if you're if you're outside of town and you're you're coming in and you want to join these contests, you're going to have to get a, a proxy regardless. But, you know, right. I've played these contests and I've had to pay for a proxy every single year because I can't know for sure that I'm going to be able to make it down to the strip to make these picks in person. And so I've had to pay for a proxy every single year. So, I mean, this is, not only is the contest cheaper with a guarantee that's, you know, very, very similar, but it's saving me $300 extra extra for like, not having to pay for a proxy. So, not only is the in- entry fee $500 cheaper, but it's it's actually like $800 cheaper because I'm not having to pay for the proxy.
1: Let's talk about the payouts because I, I know you saw you saw the uh the appearance on v yesterday going over them. I have not seen them yet, so give what were the what are the payouts yeah, look so like for gonna, the top ten?
0: Yeah, they're gonna pay top ten. Um it, it's it's a million, a hundred grand, sixty grand and then oh. it kinda trickles down from there down to 10th place is only five grand so i mean this is something that you and i you know look we understand what they're trying to do with this first contest you got to come out you got to make a splash one thing they did say the four quarterly winners so they're going to to chop up the season into four quarters give out four quarterly prizes and those are 50k a piece so i mean those are pretty big that's the highest score in the first second third and fourth quarter of the season so there's you know some side prizes there for you if you If you want to go that route, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, this is the first year. Like you said, they want to guarantee a million to first. They want to make a splash. I think this is something that after year one could really, really benefit from tweaking as far as the payout structure and finally getting one of these uh, payout structures right with one of these sports betting contests. Listen, this is announced right now for Circus Sports. You and I both know DraftKings is going to have one. FanDuel is going to have one. Would not surprise me to see any of the other major sports books over there in New Jersey have them as well. DraftKings and FanDuel obviously have learned their lesson as far as payout structures go, as far as being in the DFS space. I think that we're going to see varying buy-ins with all of these things. So the competition's going to be fierce. So somebody's going to really have to step up and do a a player-friendly contest. And I don't think anybody would in year two of this circus sports contest, Brett, and you, you know, I'm curious as to your thoughts, but I mean, I don't think anybody's going to poo poo the idea of turning a thousand bucks into half a million, as opposed to a million. If first place was 500,000 and you had another 500,000 to spread out across the, you know, the prize pool and the payout structure. I think this could be a very, very, very intriguing contest here.
1: Yeah. You talked about player friendly. I don't like contest structures that can create, like negative life value, even if you cash, like imagine sitting in second place in this thing, the $900,000 difference between first and second going into the final week and you're tinkering with your card and you go one and four when your original card would have gone four and one. Yeah. That's a huge decision and that's going to stick with you maybe forever and, and might deter you from playing a contest ever again. I, I just think these top heavy payouts are bad for so many reasons. Derek Stevens is a sharp guy. But he's also a high stakes guy. So I'm just I'm not sure he thinks about these things, maybe uh, as far as like retention and keeping some of these uh, lower stakes guys coming back. So, I mean, my hope is that they flatten the payouts after generating generating the buzz here in year one uh, with the big payout. Some of the other details
0: that came out, they will allow you to have up to three entries. So if you want to do that, you can have up to Uh, Three entries. It's the same deal as, you know, five weekly pro football contests. That being said, they are going to have the lines out on Thursday morning and you have until three o'clock on Saturday to submit your picks there. Now, if you want to play the Thursday game, you can. But at that time, You have to put in all your picks, so you can't play a partial card. Essentially, you can't like play the Thursday game, see how you do, and then you know fill out your other four picks later on in the week to try and you know get yourself some some idea of 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 what's going on. So if you want to play the Thursday game, you got to put in all five picks at one time with all of that. But again, you know the the big thing here is you know you get to play on an app. And they do have the big quarterly payouts and 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 things like that. And I think it's a very I think it's a very interesting deal. I mean, look, Brett, you and I will you and I will play this contest. We're into it for year one. and and I you know I think it's certainly something that we can after year one, we'll put an article up on the lines and we'll we'll talk about the good, the bad, and the otherwise. and, and maybe some of the stuff that we that we talk about will at least be taken into consideration as we move into the 2020 version.
1: Yeah, of course. And look, I'm all in for competition too. Like we, I have played the Westgate super contest for years. I'm excited about this new one. And you know, if there are others that pop up, I, I'm I'll take a look at those as well, because you know, the, the idea here is to create the best contest, uh, the, the best football handicapping contest. And I think there's still a ways to go to get there
0: the American Gaming Association put out a memo, Responsible Marketing Code for Sports Wagering. So this is something that I'm glad they're kind of getting out in advance of this, Brett. You and I lived through the DFS rush of advertising where literally every third commercial was a DFS commercial. It got to the point where they were so obnoxious and and so kind of out of bounds. And you know the American Gaming Association wants to kind of get out in front of this, and some of the stuff that they're pointing out is just is very basic. You know, no sports betting message should be designed to appeal primarily to those below the legal age of sports wagering. So you know, don't put cartoon characters and and stuff like that in your commercials. I think this seems like it would be fairly obvious to some of these sports books and stuff. But you know, I mean, look in the early days of sports wagering becoming legal in New Jersey you and I were cringing at some of the social media stuff that was going on with some of these guys. And, it, you know, it's 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 just a different era we live in now. It's a different time. It is, you got to just be a little bit more careful and less cavalier with some of the stuff you do. And they have toned it down a ton. But, I mean, there was a time there where you and I, and, of course, you know, Dustin Galker, Eric Ramsey, the other guys on the other pod that we do, of course, the Legal Sports Report pod, we were having conversations and 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 actually even calling out some of the stuff that was going on because it was just so crazy. We we're like, "How in the hell did you hit send on this?"
1: There are a lot of tweets that were deleted after either Dustin or somebody <laughs> somebody responded. Yeah, it, it, especially in those you know the first few months there. I think people maybe running those social accounts didn't quite understand uh, what they were tweeting out at the time. And so yeah, I, I think uh, you know the New Jersey. The new uh, the uh, the upstart books in New Jersey have done a good job of kind of uh, reacting to what they've learned over the first uh, year here.
0: Yeah. One of the other bullet points I thought was good is just saying that they should not be advertised on college or university, you know, campuses like own stuff. So basically you can't go into a school newspaper or a school radio network or school television show and and advertise sports betting. And and listen, that's pretty smart on my end as well, because at the end of the day, when you look at college kids, really only the – Uh, really only like you know 25 to 33 percent of them are over the age of 21 i mean when you're looking at freshmen sophomores and the majority of juniors haven't really hit that 21 year old threshold yet and so while there are 21 year olds on college campuses yes i think by the when you look at it from the masses standpoint i think this is a smart thing to kind of put out there and say you know guys look let's not go into school newspapers here
1: Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a no brainer to me. And and there's also a section here about uh, discouraging illegal gambling and the promotion of illegal offshore operators, something we've been talking about since well before we started this podcast. And I think I feel like now we're finally starting to get there with these media and operator deals with ESPN and Fox now using. Odds provided by legal US Books so progress is being made I, I think All in all this is this is really good For the industry
0: yeah if you want to head to American dot org You can take a look at the full uh, Marketing code there we'll also Drop a link in the description here Below so be sure and uh, Take a look there and we'll take a we'll, we'll, If you want to read the whole thing it's only Two pages really short and uh, Some good stuff in there I think that they are good Being kind of proactive on this Vegas Dave our good friend Vegas Dave here, Brett. Uh, banned from sports books in Las Vegas for three years. It's, the article is prominent sports better, Dave. What I don't even know how ANSIA? Onsea? Onsea? I don't know. O-A-N-C-A. Whatever. Vegas Asshole. friggin' Dave. Yeah, whatever. Must stay out of Las Vegas Sportsbooks for three years. This was on Monday. A judge came out and said, along with the sports book restriction. Uh, U.S. District Judge Jennifer Dorsey ordered him to three years probation, gambling treatment, and 150 hours of community service. He was charged after authorities said he used other people's social security numbers to open player accounts at casinos. This occurred between February 2015 and February 2016 and involved transactions of more than $1.2 million. The 42-year-old resolved the case by admitting to causing a violation of record keeping and procedures and he has agreed to a $550,000 fine as well as the other stuff that we agreed to, I mean that we talked about the 3 years probation, gambling treatment and 150 This doesn't change anything. of community service. No, because he put out like a thousand word statement on this and then literally 45 minutes later he put out a tweet in all caps that his whale play of the day was coming later. Like it, it it did not change a damn thing.
1: Yeah, he's been posting videos on YouTube boasting that he's a free man. He I, his tweeting out this morning is whale plays for the afternoon baseball slate and nothing has changed. No.
0: This is I mean, he he wasn't going into Vegas sportsbooks as it is anyway because of with this pending right. tr- with, the, with this pending trial and stuff. So, yeah, his his ways of of doing business and, and all that is uh is alive and well and will continue to be alive and well and you know i don't know it seems crazy to me that you can falsify social security numbers and open up several (laughs) accounts and all that and like you completely skirt jail time i mean he had he had very expensive good lawyers i mean yes he did david chesno yeah i mean he had very very good expensive lawyers and i'm sure that they figured out a, a way to do that but i'll put it this way if this was me and you, me and you are our asses are in jail, man. We're in jail of for course. at least we're in jail for at least 90 days or something. Like we're we're serving some sort of time.
1: Yeah. So, I, we have not uh we have not seen the last of this guy and if, if anything, we might see more of him because he had to pay off a, a huge fine. He's got to get more money. I mean, it's it's uh, it's ridiculous.
0: This Vegas Dave guy, he's not going away, guys. So, you know, if if you if you hate hearing about Vegas Dave, well you know he ain't going he ain't going nowhere everyone's going to continue talking about the guy until he finally does something that will land him in jail but yeah should we be talking about him yeah i mean because he's topical you know and that's what we're going to do on this podcast moving forward stuff that we do and don't want to talk about i mean some of the promotions that 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 come out with the various sports books and stuff you know i mean like hell some of them we think are good some of them we think are bad but if it's topical we're going to talk about it and we're going to we're going to continue to, to, to be open and transparent with, with all the stuff that we do here, so yeah, I mean, listen, Vegas Dave is, is topical. People want to talk about this idiot, and so we'll talk about him.
1: I mean, it just is hate giving this guy free publicity, man.
0: I know. Listen, if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast and you're paying 500 dollars for a whale play, well, you know I mean, look, don't be, don't be an idiot. That's all uh-huh. we can say. Just don't be an idiot. Can we, can we just leave it at that? Don't be an idiot?: Yeah, yeah, just don't
1: Actually, you know what? if you are? Uh, email us. Yeah, I want. I want. I want to talk to you. I want to know why. I'll give why you a whale play for two fifty. No, I'll give you a whale play for two. Are you gonna go that route? All right. yeah. no, I want to no, get in the mindset uh, of the people who's paying five hundred dollars for a whale play. No,
0: never mind. Like, I'll I'll give you a whale play. I'll throw. I'll flip a coin for you for two hundred fifty bucks. There let's do go. it. Yeah, I'll give you the whale play, man. Like, let's. That's that's what it's all about here. So it's pretty. uh pretty great guys again if you have not head to headed over to the lines.com here lately a fresh new look very much easier to navigate and uh very easy to find the podcast on there as well and all of the articles so be sure and head over there of course all of our sports book i mean literally we're not just blowing smoke here the very best offers on the entire internet Playpicks.com forward slash bonus everything's right there on one page. So if you already got a DraftKings account, cool. We've got an offer at FanDuel. We've got an offer at BetStars. We've got an offer at Points. We, we have all of the stuff right there on one page. And so uh, go down and make sure that you're taking advantage of all of these crazy sign-up and free money offers because, again, it's free money, Brett. Don't leave free money on the table.
1: Yeah, that's for New Jersey betters, And oh. hopefully Pennsylvania betters will be able to take advantage soon if they ever get this <laughs> together. It was re- – I mean, we, we were hearing that it might – have launched a couple weeks ago and we're still waiting here so uh, yeah hopefully we get pa here in the next couple weeks and that
0: is even more reason to follow the lines us and play pitch us on the twitter machine because we will certainly keep you informed of when that actually does go live for all of us all of you listening over there in pennsylvania but guys thanks for listening again we are on itunes we are on stitcher we are on spotify please rate review all those things subscribe do all the great things that we're we're looking for at the uh help us climb the charts here we're trying to be the we're trying to be the number one podcast name the lines podcast on all of itunes we're almost there how about that how about that for brett i am matt talk to you guys next week